It's Craggy's Connacht Rugby Podcast. It's the Ulster game on the 23rd of December. The last time we had a game here, William, and I've got William Davis with me, we're about an hour before kickoff. Connacht had a great win against Ulster on this day, but I think it might be a bit tighter tonight. Yeah, it's a very important game for them. It's um, Essentially, it's a must-win um, for Connacht. If they go four and six in this situation, I would say their chances of getting into the top eight are severely reduced. Connacht come in on the back of three wins. Ulster come in on the back of three defeats. Um, disappointing loss to Leinster and two, well, one poor and one average performance in Europe. So they need a win as well. They're doing a bit better in the URC than Connacht are. But both sides are under pressure for slightly different reasons. Uh, strong Connacht side. Obviously, there's a couple of players on long-term injury now, but they're not under the sort of pressure that Ulster are under. Ulster are missing some pretty heavy hitters, the likes of Rob Herring, Rob ba- Robert Balakoon, to name just two, and that will put a bit of pressure on them. They've got a very inexperienced player at out half, who is really a scrum half in, in um, Doak, and uh, it's up to Connacht to disrupt them. They're a team that play to a pattern, and I think if you can get at them, which is what happened to them at Sale, they can get very shapeless very quickly. Um, And it's important for Connacht. Every time they make a mistake, Ulster punish them, and if that means kicking lots of penalties, kick them. If you get a chance, kick them. Uh, Just keep the game moving along, and you know it's an 80-minute game. You you can put a game away late. Uh, but which, which Connacht have been doing somewhat recently they, they tend to, they're starting to wear teams down old style putting a lot of pressure on using their forwards that's up to we need to get the backs to click a bit better tonight but it's a good looking backline yeah it is a good looking backline it's probably the strongest backline that they can put out at the moment um, big job for Jack Carty uh, back after the two games off just to drive it on and settle it down for them make the right decisions decision making will be absolutely key I think Connacht will win so do I. Well, we're going to work through it. You're going to be up in the media box today, so I'll be using Danny for the updates during the game, and we'll talk to you after the match. Okay, Danny, we're about five minutes away from kickoff. It just stopped raining again. It's rained and stopped and started about three times in the last ten minutes. But that was a bit of fun. This kind of came in. Also decided they were coming in at the same time, and Jack Carty made sure he was the first across the line. Yeah, there's a few few guys pushing in there as well. Uh, Josh Murphy not taking a step back, and Connor Oliver in there as well. Oh yeah, you love a bit of that, just, you know, proper rivalry, so I'd say it's going to be a nice fiery one during the game. But, uh, yeah, the wind, the wind is a nice swirling wind. As I look at the flags now, they're fairly, they're nearly dropped to nothing. So I, I feel like that's going to change over the game, and as you say, the, the rain is dropping off, but expect a couple of showers during the game as well. And of course the pitch is looking perfect, as it always is these days. So, what are you expecting? Connick win? I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think Connacht, Connacht have enough. If um, I don't think uh, this Ulster team are as resilient as they should be. Uh, if Connacht can hold them out, frustrate them, Connacht get a couple of early scores, why can't we just go on and win this? I think I don't think the Ulster team will be able to pull back. Okay, well, we'll talk again in 20 minutes to see if we did get those early scores that you're looking for. Okay, Danny's just 19 minutes and 43 seconds gone, and it's nil-nil. <coughs> What a great game of rugby. Well, a lot of mistakes, but it's really exciting. Yeah, but that's the pressure. Uh, both teams not, not letting anyone, uh, not giving each other an inch. Um, any, any mistake is being punished, and you're going from 122 to the other. Uh, Ulster have had the best best chances so far. Two, two entries to Connacht 22, coming away with nothing. So, uh, advantage Connacht there, but we need to get, get into their 22 and try and get some points. We certainly do.
we'll talk again on half time and hopefully we'll have a score at least one score to talk about <laughs> okay Danny it's half time Ulster lead three points to five so we did have a couple of scores um, but it's I don't know I, I, something wrong with Connacht they made an awful lot of handling errors tonight they have but like it, it is wet you know um, I gave a little bit of a benefit of the doubt but it is a, a bit of a, an issue we've had this season um, Ulster have dominated that half They've had, they, came, they had the most chances, but Connacht's defence has been good. They've only let them in once, and it's only two points in it. I feel like as, as the game goes on, if Ulster is going to keep wasting chances and Connacht can keep taking theirs, I think this game is still like this. This game is still in the balance. Nobody, they, Ulster haven't walked away with it. I'd be well pissed off if I was an Ulster fan. They've all that territory, all that possession, and they haven't got anything for it. Yeah, yeah, and it was only a mistake by Connacht that let them in. It's still all to play for, as Danny said. Alright Danny, it's 60 minutes, just tell her it's Conaca losing now by 8 points to 19, Jack just missed a very kickable conversion, it's been all Ulster up until about 2 minutes ago, um, can't see Conaca winning this one. I don't know, like when uh, Ulster came out the blocks firing, they, they upped the pace, we didn't handle it and we didn't clear our lines well enough uh, and Ulster punished us for it, but our bench have come on, they're really bouncing, we've just got to try, uh, this game isn't over yet. 80 minutes up, Connacht just scored a try, the score is Ulster 22, Connacht 20, Jack Carty has a kick from the 5 metre line on the far side, on the, just outside the 22, to get the draw. OK Danny, Connacht bouncers almost bounced well enough to get that victory, they lost 22-20. The simple misconversion Jack had in the first half, in the second half is the one that cost us, not the one from the sideline that he just missed. Too many mistakes from Connacht. Well done for Ulster, but I don't know. I thought it was a much bigger gap in the game than two points. So did I, but like I guess that's the fight in Connacht that you can't. You have to put them away. You just have to you have to knock them out. Now I'm I'm still annoyed though. I, I feel like. Um, Ulster came out the blocks in the second half. They put us away. They took the foot off the gas, and it was purely from Connick mistakes, not kicking, uh, not kicking out of it, not clearing well enough. We, we gave them two opportunities early in the in the, the second half, and Ulster capitalised. That's not good enough, and it was it was Connick mistakes, and Ulster punished us. I think uh, Ulster got lucky there, if I'm honest, but. We'd like we should have been dead and buried but fair play for coming back yeah it was too late too little too late um, they played actually the, the, my problem was we made a whole load of mistakes until the last 10 minutes and then we stopped making mistakes and once we stopped making mistakes we showed we could play but it was just too much of that early in the game but I think the better team won yeah I'd have to agree um, no, the bench made a massive difference and I feel like a lot of guys I've definitely put up the hand to go after a few starters for, for next week. Um, because, it, again, you know, going to play at Leicester at home, that's, that's not an easy task. And it's, it, there's no pressure on us. So it'll be interesting to see what the team will be next week after that, that display from the bench. It certainly will. But I think that's the chances. Any chance of getting into the playoffs are now dead. And maybe they're just going to have to focus on the, the Challenge Cup. But we'll just wait and see. Okay, here's the post-match interviews. 
Andy, uh, yeah, bizarre end to the game. Great character. Uh, I guess we have to start with that and acknowledge that. But it wasn't a brilliant performance by any stretch of imagination from Connacht on 75 minutes. It was looking like a really disappointing defeat. Yeah, and, and that's how I'll remember it. It's a really disappointing defeat, as you say. It's, um, you can't play 75 minutes of footy like that and expect to get a win. Now, we nearly snuck a draw, but um, it wasn't to be. Make sense of of what changed, I suppose, in those closing stages. Was it just throw the ball about? See what yeah. happens. Yeah, I, well, yeah. With uh, off that last kickoff, we had no choice but to throw mm. it about. And but even before that, that kind of just the sense that there was still something to chase. Yeah, I felt. I actually felt. I actually set up in the box with 13 minutes to go when we were 12 points down, or it wasn't 12, but 11 points down. I said, "We can score. Mm. We can score two tries here and win this." Um, they got that kick to make it 14. Still, we can still score two. But we just, again, what had happened in the previous sort of 72 minutes, we just kept coughing up ball. We'd, we'd, you know, we'd start to string something together, and then there'd be a simple knock-on or a simple turnover or, or a, you know, a penalty that relieves pressure or whatever. So it, it was just a frustrating game, Rob. There is that sense this season, like Connacht again are solid in the games they should win. That's six wins out of seven running into this. But when you come up against a side that are properly ahead of you in the table, just the performances don't seem to be there. Toman Park could be an example. This is another example, uh, maybe even the, the Leinster game earlier this year. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah. Listen, that, that game, I'll just concentrate on that game tonight. That game tonight, to me, was a great opportunity for us to, to make a statement. And unfortunately, we didn't make a statement. Um, you know, I felt our preparation leading into it was good. We, we had a chunk of bodies rested. Was that the right thing to do? You know, we felt at the time it was to, to, to try and freshen players up. But um, yeah, maybe upon reflection, we could have kept a few bikes ticking over and... Um, and given a bit more game time, I'm not sure, but so we'll definitely reflect upon that. But we, it certainly wasn't, certainly wasn't the performance we were looking for out there tonight, nor expecting. How frustrating is it to play against Ulster? Like just before that last five minute spell, they had seventy percent territory nearly, just short of it, and, and sixty five possession. That must be so frustrating for your lads. Yeah, well, again, I thought, you know, I, I didn't feel that they were ever going to break us down, other than the more, um, but. And we were defending, defending, defending. Then we give away a dumbass penalty, so we go to the corner and they get a try. Then we defend, 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 defend. Dumbass penalty into the corner, try. Um, and then we had another one where it got held up, so we we, we saved that. We actually, I, I thought our defence was outstanding tonight, but when they get within five metres of the try line with their maul, they're, they're a damn hard team to stop. So, um, but we've got to be better at not giving away those penalties that give them the access to that. But they did. They held onto the ball well. They play a, a pretty simple game. Um, you know what's coming, but if you give them the access, they're going to they're going to hurt you. What has to change for Connacht to stop giving away these penalties at key points in big games? Well, it's, not, it's probably not even the penalties as such. It was our possession. Like we <coughs> we we turned over way too much possession again. Simple stuff like blokes carrying into contact and turn it over, knocking on from a from a high ball. You know, just simple knock-on stuff thrown into touch, like kicking out in the full, not kicking out in the full when we when we get a penalty. Like, yeah, you know, some of that sort of stuff's just unex- to me it's unexcusable. So, they're the things that we need to fix, and uh, we need to look really hard as to how we're going to fix that. Oliver, you haven't even had your post-game meal yet, so we won't keep you too long. Uh, talk to me about what that must feel like because it's, it was a kind of a strange roller coaster of emotions at the end there. Yeah, look, obviously went down to the wire probably. 
nearly waited to the last 20 minutes just to kind of start playing a bit of rugby when we kind of when we started ch- chasing chasing the win. Um, credit to the lads we dug in for that 80 minutes. Obviously, look, it's massively disappointing, um, but we shouldn't have probably we put put ourselves in that place to be that far behind on the on the scoreboard. So I know we came close at the end, but it wasn't good enough from us as a team for the for the first 70 minutes of that game. And like. In terms of where you were, like, what do Ulster do to make it such a frustrating game to watch from your perspective? Um, from our perspective, like obviously we, we know we know that they, they, they have a decent model and stuff, but from our perspective, it was but individual error that that let that let us down. Um, missed touches, maybe drop balls, um, stupid penalties inside their own twenty-two, and just kept, kept giving them the ball back and they and allowing them to put pressure, pressure on us. Um, I don't feel in defence I felt very comfortable. I didn't feel like they were a threat in defence in um, in attack at all. Um but then we defend for maybe ten, fifteen phases and then do it have a stupid penalty. They kick to the corner, five metre mile and um and end up scoring off it. Um I think that was kind of that was the tail of the game, um from what I from what I can remember. Um and that's how I feel it went. I think we put ourselves in positions to let them score really. I can't help but wonder if it's the penalties are coming from your frustrations and maybe the lack of fluidity in your possession periods, you know, where you're on the attack. Is there a little bit of a link to that where just things aren't coming together and then the frustration kicks in? Um Yeah. I no, I don't think so. I think if you give the if you give those if you give the opposition enough ball enough ball to play with you're going to give away penalties. It's just it's the way the game works. So um we need to keep more possession. We need to maybe play territory a bit better um, I'd love to see the percentages of the possession from the game but I'm sure it's very high for Ulster um, but yeah once again we need to we need to brush up on our personal errors to, if we want to keep competing at this high level Yeah, What do you think like a lot of players had the break Andy suggested I wonder now like Ulster came into this as a very like just two changes from the European side do you think in an ideal situation you'd be running into this off three games or do you understand that the wider squad got a chance? Um, no, look, understand the wider squad gets, gets a chance. There's a squad of 40 odd players, like lads need to play in case obviously injuries happen as well. So I don't, I don't think that's, a, that's an excuse we can use. I think we're, a lot of guys are fresh coming into this game. Look, I'm not, we've been on the back of two, two big losses similar to Ulster before and it always kind of merits a response um, somewhere. Um, but in saying that, I still think we almost we gave we gave them the ball to to, be, to beat us. Like you know, I don't I don't I still don't feel like they play very good rugby. If I'm being honest, mm. um, I feel like we defended well. But once if you give a team five 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 million miles, they're going to they're going to score some of them. You know, just to finish that frantic finish has probably left Connick fans going home with a bit of sense of pride and hope, if you like. Um, but you didn't get the job done. Like, where's your mind on that? That was a really, really good burst of action. Almost got over the line. It could have been a huge two points. Yeah, I understand it's frustration when it goes down to the last kick of a game. But like I said, like I said before, like we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't be in that position at the, at the start. But we were. And look, once I said credit to the lads, um, they dug in deep. It's tough to come back and need two scores in ten minutes. I think, um, and they dug in deep, but it's just a little, t- little. <laughs> little late for uh, for us so um, yeah that's that's everything really Dan after a, a run of tough games that was a another so, tough game it was another tough game but it was a solid second half and it just at the end but look it's it's the, it's the points you got the points you got the win yeah look you know and, and you guys know how it is when you 
maybe on a run where you haven't been playing as as well as you want in parts. Although having said that, over the last three games, like we've you know we've had some tremendous periods. We just uh, we've been playing some pretty pretty good teams, um, and you know um, you don't turn that around straight away. I thought there were large portions of uh, tonight's game where I thought we played really well. Um, particularly in that third quarter where we playing into the wind but decided to pile on the pressure um, and, and scored points but you know there are other elements where you know we, we're still seeing parts of our game that, that genuinely have to have to increase but I, I, you know, overall you know I'm really pleased with a win you know we came down Connor absolutely full strength. You know, stated aim that this was a decisive game in their season. Uh, the Christmas game, which is notoriously difficult to travel for, um, and you know the lads came away with the result. Yeah, the start of the second half seemed to be your best period. What did you say at half time? Because the the accuracy and the intensity were there the minute the referee blew the whistle for the second half. You, you, you upped it. Well, that's literally what we talked about. Like we'd had, we, we'd earned ourselves five opportunities in. Um, in Connaught's 22 in the in the first half, and we'd scored from one of them. Um, and the only thing that was letting us down there was our ball presentation um, and the speed of our ruck ball, or the cleanness of our ruck ball. And I think I think we made a line-out error as well. But you know, we just needed to up the accuracy and the intensity in that area. And you know, Connaught were defending well. Um, but in the in the in the second half, we managed to hang on to the ball for much longer periods. Um, difficult conditions, you know, they're difficult conditions. But you know, we managed to eke out penalties, um, put pressure on their kicking game, even when they had the wind, and that allowed us opportunities to get our our ball going. And just looking at the the end, uh, will you get in? Was it really squeaky bum time there? If, if Connor to come back, sort yeah, of. What, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, that would be standard Connor though, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, how many times have, have you guys been up here and you've watched that kind of situation where you know, teams t- teams come here, they eke out a lead, and and then they're hanging on desperately at the end. Like Rob, you've been watching Connor rugby for a lot longer than I have like you guys know this and you know and more often than not end up winning so you know like at the, at the time I didn't want us to kick for goal to go to 22 90 or to go to 22 points you know I thought our mall was going well enough for us to be able to get a try and then we'd have put it to bed for for, for real but you know I don't know we'll never know it might have been a really good idea mightn't it Okay, we're in the call room. We've just heard from Andy Friend and Connor Oliver, and there's hopefully also a bit of um, Dan McFarland in there. There is. There is. Excellent. Okay, Rob, your thoughts um, on a very bad result. Yeah, it is a bad result. That's it, isn't it? It's just a really bad outcome. Like as I was saying, I mean, a draw would have been a fantastic snatch and grab, and I don't think we would have been. I think honestly, we'd all be here just really disappointed with the 75 minutes we had put in, oh, yeah. but. We can build on moments like that. Um, and it's an awful way to start, but like Jack missed two conversions tonight. All right, the touchdown right hand one is what it is, but the easier one as well. So, you know, sometimes these things start to come to a head there where you need to get your kicks. So that's disappointing, but I certainly wouldn't bin it on Jack when the entire team failed to f- show up for 70 minutes. For me, like, uh, I know the, the focus point is the, the kicks because it's points, but what killed us was uh, coming out of the. the um, the changing room and just not turning up and not 
clearing our 22 well enough. Mm. We, we cleared it twice, uh, once just outside the 22, and the other one we didn't even get out of the 22. Mm. It's two very easy options. It's, it's, it, that's giving it to them on a plate. Mm. That's not acceptable. It took us 60 minutes to kick the ball down 50 metres. Like, bad, bad errors. And Ulster made us pay. That's something we, that's something we complained about a lot last season. And it actually was back there. Because one of them was Jack Hardy clearing. It wasn't enough from Jack, but like, it was after an amazing turnover on their own line, which changed a game. Oh, it does. And if you look at it then, if, just to follow on from that, the, the, on 65 minutes, Jack does, or in and around that sort of time, Jack does kick the ball a mile down the field. And from the ensuing plays, we score the try that then he misses the conversion from. But Lindley, what are your, your thoughts after that? Well... They knew what was coming. We all knew what was coming from Ulster. And it was like they weren't kind of prepared for it. And as you've said yourself, the other thing is is that they were actually just made too many errors. They didn't look like a team that was actually operating at sort of 100% at all, mm-hmm. I thought, for some reason. And that they just let Ulster take control. And we knew that that's what Ulster had planned to do. They were really hurting very badly when they come down here. We all knew it. And it was almost like they weren't prepared for that. And I just, I think, combined with the fact that they'd made so many mistakes um, and the fact that Ulster were up for this game, you know, it just all counted against them. At the captain's run yesterday, I don't normally ask questions, but I had to ask one of Andy at the end where I asked him how important momentum was. Because I, I wanted, and he answered the question that I really wanted to ask, but I was only alluding to, the team seemed to be in flying form, bouncing around, having fun, enjoying themselves. And I was looking at that going, they're doing a little bit too much of that, almost too much confidence. Yeah, because you saw what happened to Newcastle the week after we kind of struggled really to get a, we didn't get a bonus point, so fell short, I would argue, in that fixture. On the basis of the game that was in front of us, let alone the heavy defeat there the following week. And then Breve, I mean, you're that far up with an extra man, you were there, Alan, but like, you can't really, you can't really accept that, that way that second half went. And then this. So yeah, Connacht under Andy Friend get results against teams they should get results against on a consistent basis like never before. But you know, lately in the bigger, bigger games, maybe not. I thought it was interesting too that he said, because you mentioned momentum, I heard that in the podcast, it's interesting that he's starting to wonder whether he should have made as many changes. And maybe there's something to that. Like I was really stunned to see after what happened to Ulster in Europe that they only made, was it two changes coming into this? Mm. Just a two joke coming in. And they were both injury enforced changes. So that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It looked as though our guys hadn't played, a lot of our guys who hadn't played for two weeks, looked as though they hadn't played for two weeks. But this comes back to the thing that they were talking about, they wanted rotation from the start of the year, they've been doing it all year, they have been making these changes, it, it hasn't been like that. Uh, it kind of felt like to me, Ulster, Ulster badly needed that and they, went, they came down to prove a point and they, they did that just after, after half time. What point did they prove though? As in, they you know, the, the way they played. Yeah. They won. And that, they yeah, won. That's, that's it. it. They yeah. needed a win. They, they've come off three really bad losses. Mm. They won. That's it. Yeah. Job done. Dan inside was like a pig in shit. Yeah. You yeah. know, like seriously, like the man is yeah. grinning ear to ear. Awfully, awfully relieved, I think, yeah. you yes. know. Yeah. Um, basically, when we were chatting to him, he was just, yeah, he was awfully relieved. Relieved. He was extremely very chatty. He could have stayed there probably chatting for a lot longer had he not been forced to sort of disappear very quickly. So, yeah, I think that he was the bigger, he, he was the person. It was, it was really Ulster's game to come down here and win. Yeah. And they needed it more than yeah. Connett needed it. 
Yeah, it felt no. like if it was a movie script, like a predictable movie script, it felt like they were the protagonists tonight, you know, with the happy ending coming from them and a bit of drama. And we never seemed to be more than just a secondary character in the contest. Hmm. Yeah, we were bullied. I haven't seen us bullied like that in, in quite a while. I thought it was quite a, a bad bullying. But, yeah, because uh, that's the one thing. When I've been worried about where we are, the one thing I see ground on is physically we're better. But Josh Murphy wasn't great tonight, was he? He came off very early. Dropped oh, he was very unhappy. Right. What's going on? Off. Did he play well and was unjustly taken off or was he not playing well? I think he was just outplayed by Ian Henderson, who I thought was phenomenal mm-hmm. again. Anytime that man is on the field against us, we struggle. He's, he's just a force of nature. He really, really is. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with the, the bullying, but to me, that only started in the second half. Yeah. We, were, we, were, we were well in that in the first half. And again, I just don't know what happened at halftime. You can say that, but we didn't score. That was the we problem. Didn't we really. didn't, yeah. yeah, we didn't do anything in the first half. Yeah. We didn't have enough ball to actually do anything with them. When we did have it, we made a hell of a lot of it. We were, we made mistakes. Yeah. So I, I thought it was actually the first half yeah. that was worse than the yeah, second yeah, half yeah. because I would have expected Connor to come out really at home, you know, before Christmas, great crowd here tonight and be really on the ball and start really aggressively and, and fast and take control. And in fact, they just didn't. They yeah, just we, didn't at we, all. They had five visits to our 22. By my count, we had one visit to their 22 in that first half. And our defence was actually quite good in some of those. But like, if you, let's think of American football context. The defence were doing their job. The offence, where were they? There was nothing. Well, I see. I was saying this in the crowd. I was blaming William. Because Connacht, Connacht's backs it's funny that suddenly, you're here right now when you're blaming him. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to wait until he arrived into the room before I blamed him. Okay, Connacht's backs started to run the ball from behind their own goal line. We haven't seen that since the first year of Pat Lamb. And I think that's because William Davis keeps asking questions at press conferences about the backs not being as good as forwards. Well, they're not. <laughs> I'm afraid tonight. Um, funny and true. They didn't really contribute an awful lot of that game until the last few minutes when they had to throw caution to the wind uh, and Ulster backed off a bit and got a bit shaky and he had came down to one kick uh, Jack Hardy didn't have a good night really and that kick didn't go over uh, so Ulster get on their bus reasonably happy I think and Connacht now have to contemplate a big problem Kieran Marmion comes off the bench, David Hawkshaw comes off the bench, and Adam Byrne comes off the bench. Peter Dooley, he came on like a man. Oh, no, sorry, I just want to make this point first. I'm talking about the back line. I hear you. Dooley was superb. But no, no, the, the back line is just like, I never feel like we have the most informed best players on the pitch at any one point in time throughout this season. And this is another night. Now, I want to be clear here. I didn't come into this game going, why? Why have we picked this back line? So I'm not like, this is hindsight, of course. But still, the best back line were on the pitch at the end. I was actually surprised Adam Byrne didn't start that yeah, match. Agreed. I really was, I given how he performed the last time out. And I thought he was a pure like, a sitter for, for starting. So I was quite surprised with that selection. Yeah, and the other thing for me was that um, of the two number 12s, Stuart McCloskey won that yeah. at a canter. Yeah, he, he did. It's, he's nearly impossible to stop unless you get really low. So you finish it with players just hanging off him. And if he can offload then, you've got space. Um, he doesn't do an awful lot else. That's that's his speciality. Um, but he's very good at it. I think the Adam Bird one is, is. How long did he play last week? 
he sat there and breathed and they took him off after about 48, 49 minutes. I see. I, I, I think that was the, would be their concern starting. I don't think they, could, they see him with his fitness level. Wouldn't you start him and then take him off? Yeah, well, they did that last week. But I think he's, he's got, we've got to see more of him. Um, Lads, we have to sort out fullback. Like, let's just, come yes. on, we're, we're talking serious here. Tiernan O'Halloran isn't good enough at the moment. He's no, just not. He's not, and he's, um, you Someone know... Someone just needs to, we just need to call I, it. I think it's a problem. They don't actually have a fullback that they really 100% trust. Uh, John Porch will be the next one to go in there, I think. Um, and I'm not sure that that's his best position either. And I just bring up Shane Jennings, and I know if, you, if they're not going to trust him, I'd rather see a kid that there could be a future for, give him the game time, rather than Tiernan, who no one seems to be happy with, and he's gone. No, he wasn't, he wasn't bad the whole game, but no, he wasn't, wasn't great, and there wasn't a spark in him. But then right at the end, just before he went off, he made two or two, three, three errors, one compounded the other. And I think there was a confident thing with him. I think he's a confidence player. I think he's a long-standing servant. I, I'm putting provisors on that. we just got to be honest, though. It's just not good enough tonight. We need to be better in fullback. I, I would agree. It's a professional game. Yeah. Like, there's no, you, you can't look back on what someone's done yeah. 10, 12 years ago and all the way through, and he has been an unbelievable servant. But that, what am I missing? Because all of you, well, Alan, you don't think that I'm right, right or is it packy when I say Conor Fitzgerald is the best. I've been told, no, he's not. And I've seen him make mistakes, but I, I still, still think he's our best fullback. I still like him at fullback, I, know, I have to say. Yeah, I really do. I'm not sure after last week, I have to say. Yeah, I've yeah. never, under the high ball, I thought he was very, very dodgy last week. How many, how many European games has he played? I, I, to me, it's not so much how many games he's played, it's how confident he looks or doesn't under a high ball. Right, and so the more he plays, the better he's going to get. I don't think he wants to play at fullback. I think he's no interest in it whatsoever. And I think that shows in his approach to it. Uh, he wants to be an out half, and yes. that's it. Look, there's a bottom line here. I'm just, I wonder what you all think about this, but like, it, the playoffs are slipping away now. Let's be realistic. We can't win any big games. We can't win big games. We can be consistent in the games, but every time a team that's all around solid comes up against us, we lose, we lose, we lose, and we've lost again. And I think this is a bottom line. Challenge Cup has opportunities because it's a crap competition with a few good teams, so we should go far in it. But like, what are we going to do in the URC? Well... I'm not really overly bothered about the playoffs. I just want to qualify for the top eight. Yeah, to get back into the main tournament. Yeah. You're, sorry, you're absolutely right. That's, that's, yeah, I call it playoffs, I, I, yeah. but I, I mean Champions Cup qualification. But right. the playoffs are, are part of... The playoffs create a bit of excitement as well. Of course they you do, know. but I think the, t- the top priority is actually just to get into okay. the top eight. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's going to be an extremely difficult you know, challenge it's now. Happening. It's just you not know. happening, to be honest. Well, even if they get eighth, they won't get in because one of the Scottish teams will take their place. They need to finish about sixth. And I can't see it. Um, they just don't have enough games left. And if they lose against Leinster, which they probably will, because most teams lose against Leinster, and Leinster will just toddle along to 10 and 0, uh, or 11 and 0, maybe 11 and 0, because I think they'll beat Munster. The problem is they'll have won one out of six inter pros. It's these inter pro games that kill them because the whole season. That's, that's fair enough, but then you're talking about Glasgow and you're talking about Edinburgh and the fact that they're going to take Connacht's place even if Connacht did finish with an eight. And you see, that's not fair either because Irish rugby has the best rugby in the URC. 
the, the, the IRFU voted for it, and I don't know why they voted for it, but they did. They, and it'll finish after this season because the IRFU and the South Africans are going to blow it out of the water. But they did, and the only team that really got screwed by that was Connacht because essentially Munster, Ulster and Leinster are always going to finish ahead of them, and I think Munster will this year as well. But I will say this. We're not a Champions Cup team. We're not good enough to be in the Champions Cup, Champions Cup at the moment. And we didn't, that, that whole rule didn't affect us last year it, in terms of it could affect us this year, but we've got to play better rugby before we can start moaning I about think that. we have huge potential to be a Champions Cup team. I think, do you? I, I actually do. I think when you look at how the pack, not okay. today, not today, has performed heretofore, I think the pack is really going places. I think it's, it's been a very efficient pack much more so this season than, and than a lot of other seasons. I also think there is a huge talent now also in the back line when you add in the likes of, of Byrne, Adam Byrne and Hawkshaw. And so I think it has potential, but I, suget, I guess it's just how you actually get that to be delivered. Was this the right game to put um, Keen Prendergast at eight? Because he looked like a fish out of water in the first half. And he kept dropping the ball because he was in the wrong place. He looked a bit lost. Now, it was a little better in the second half, but I'm just wondering, was that a funny game to do that in, to actually ask him to go and play somewhere in a big game where we haven't seen him? I'd say he probably went and grabbed it with two hands. He's probably been trying to get in there. Like He needs to show that he's dynamic. For me, for him to get into the Ireland team, he needs to show that he's got versatility. Um, he struggled there tonight. And yeah, maybe it was the wrong wrong idea to do it, but I feel like uh, if I was keen, I'd be like, yeah, let's go, let's go for the challenge. It didn't work out tonight. And the other the other thing is, Andy Friend brought it up. They rested players. They didn't play for three weeks. Yeah, we were saying that at the top, and <clears throat> Ulster looked sharper. Yeah, and you just wonder, you know, the medical guys and the the minute counters and the clickers will tell you they've played this, they've done that, they've run this number of yards. Maybe that needs to be more on gut feeling or just talk to the player. Now, every player will probably say, I want to play. But some of them tonight didn't look switched on at the start. And that cost them, you know, at the end, that cost them. I'd love to see the following players uh, playing against Leinster based on a, a full 40-person room chat. This is my dream scenario where someone comes in and goes, I'm picking the best 15 in terms of form and attitude for the Leinster game. And who would I put in there? Peter Dooley off tonight. Straight in for me. Uh, Dave Heffernan off the bench did that. International player. Why not? Put him in. He deserves to be in there. I'd like to see Darren Murray in there. Love his attitude. Just throw him straight in there and say, yeah, we're going to give a young lad a slot in there. David Hawkshaw, Adam Byrne based on if we agree that he can play a start. And Kieran Marmion. David the player as I'd be saying right now, throwing them all in, they've all done enough from the bench, they all deserve to go. Seamus Hurley Langton, too. I think Peter Dooley, uh, we saw it last week, and you wonder can he still do those offloads? Well, he did a couple tonight in a totally different game, and I think, yeah, it's there's a big squad there, and they've got to start winning. There's, there's no more room not to win, and yeah, I, I think. There may well have to be some 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 real shake-up. I think Connacht almost looks like, slu- and I, uh, it's no disrespect, but it's almost like a development squad. And when I say that, I mean it's a it's a new new look squad that is developing. So I don't mean it in a negative sense, mm. but it has that it has that feel about it. It doesn't have that kind of that finished quality yet. It's got potential, and there's huge talent there, but it's not just quite quite finished and you know hopefully that will be sooner rather than later yeah well Glasgow beating Edinburgh tonight um, 
we're still only four points <laughs> away from. No, no. What I'm saying is that there's there's still there's actually still time. We still have the situation that te- other teams are beating them yeah. themselves, yeah. and that maybe they'll have a chance to get the squad thing fixed as the season comes into its its um, real denouement. Yeah, but it's coming down to not being able to control your fate. You don't want to be relying on anybody else. I thought it was interesting too. Tom Stewart played 80 minutes tonight. So did John Cooney. So sometimes when the big teams come against us. They, they go, oh no, I'm leaving the 15 players are going to win the game on it. So at some point, maybe, I think after the new year, if this, after what we've seen here, I think they're going to get a bit more ruthless in team selections. And I think a smaller core of 26, 27 players will be seen in action and a lot of others won't. Yeah, that, that's a possibility. Um, they have a lot of serious home games coming. Uh, you know, Sharks and the Lions could be anything. Um, they could also come and get on that surface and it's a nice, reasonably unwindy day and it could get really nasty. Yeah. But they've just got to gear up for them and then they've got two vital away. All they can do is go game to game and try to win. Um, they'll beat Breve, uh, who will send nobody, and then Newcastle is, will become a talisman-type game and see if you can actually get a home 16, a home quarter final. But performance like that tonight is just... So frustrating and so, I don't know, it was, you get angry watching it because you saw at the end, Ulster, once you put Ulster under any pressure, yeah. they fell apart. Mm. And I mean, John Cooney was, was standing there with his head in his hands. Mm. We've just talked to young uh, Stuart, the hooker. Um, he said it was, you know, they, they were thinking this is 22 all. And that, that was a misconversion earlier on by Connacht. That would be huge with him. For our season. Oh, completely, to come back and actually win. But yeah. coming back and losing by two points isn't worth a damn. It means nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. It's just that's professional, hard-edge sport. They got four points. Connacht got one point. Um, it's not enough at the minute. No. Happy Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we'll finish on that note. Thank you, Rob. And thanks, Lindley. Thanks, William. And thanks, Danny. We'll talk to you again later in the week, folks. Nothing changes, sad.